time. W-E-B-Y, Milton, Pensacola. This is March, and the madness has already ensued as we already have upsets happening all across the board, leaving only 108 perfect brackets left in the entire world. This is Sports Call. Welcome into Sports Call, everybody. It's Saturday, and that means we made it. We made it. It is Saturday, and a lot of those brackets did not make it, and I am almost certain that we will have a pretty good amount of these 108 brackets are in my opinion all of them will not be making it going into these next round of games after today because of yesterday we had a lot of madness going on and happen and you know in day two there's always gonna be madness again just because you survive day one doesn't mean you're gonna survive day two it's always madness and actually as i look at the schedule right now just get an idea of when we're gonna see our next basketball games uh it looks like uh, Georgetown and Colorado, they're tipping off here in about 15 minutes. Florida State and North Carolina Greenville, they're going to be getting tipped off about 30 minutes after Georgetown, Colorado. So we'll have a couple of games going on as we're hanging out in the studio. Also, Kansas getting tipped off today against Eastern Washington. LSU and St. Bonnie's, they're getting tipped off around 1245. And then Michigan and Texas Southern at 2 o'clock. That Texas Southern game, by the way, uh, against... Who did they play? Oh, my God. Who did they? Who did Texas Southern? Texas Southern was the game that led everything off in the tournament. They, that was a back and forth. Ultimately, they did pull away and hang on for the victory and, there. So uh, maybe I, I just don't think we're going to see any uh, one seeds go down in this tournament based I, I, on what I've seen so far. It looks like the one seeds are going to hold tight in the at least the first round. In the second round, we'll see what happens. But definitely, uh, I'm, I'm the game I'm looking for forward to today to get everything kicked off is the first game we'll get a chance to see is Georgetown Colorado but before we get into all of those games we got to talk about the games that already occurred last night well I do want to go ahead and mention the games that happened earlier this week uh, App State you know won the Sun Belt Conference Tournament right here in the Pensacola Bay Center they lost to Norfolk State in a heartbreaker I mean they were down 18 at one point in the second half and they came back and were up at six at one point an absolute went on fire Justin Forrester, he was going, he was starting to shoot the ball really well in the second half. Uh, Michael Amonese, who was horrible in the first half. The entire team as a whole was horrible. They went 0 for 19 before they could hit a 3. 0 for 19 from the three-point line. And also Norfolk State, I mean, a great game that they play, um, but they just beat Appalachia State 54-53, and Justin Forrester, you know, with the shot going up in the last second, wasn't able to put it in, but a really close game there. But Norfolk State, they'll be playing against Gonzaga today, which... App State, they have a good team. It's just, it wasn't clicking on that night because they were missing so much from beyond the three-point line. And they got it together in the second half. They mounted a comeback. They managed to take the lead even at one point. They couldn't hold it, unfortunately, against Norfolk State, which uh, they played themselves a pretty decent game. They managed to hang on. And now they get to have a challenge against Michigan, and that's... Never or not Michigan, that's Texas Southern. They're going to be taking on Gonzaga, who is the number one overall seed in the tournament. Now, in... 
years past, we have seen one example of the number one overall seed going down in this tournament. I don't think it's going to be the case today, but we know we have... Uh, we, we certainly have a whole tournament ahead of us. We have a whole bunch to look forward to. There's only 108 perfect brackets left, and history tells us that after today, there should be no more left. There shouldn't be, but we'll find out because it's already impossible, nearly impossible to get a perfect bracket, and we've already seen upsets in Oral Roberts taking down Ohio State. We're going to dive into that game here in just one second. Also, last night, you had North Texas take down Purdue awesome game actually shout out to Purdue they kept it really close and then they sent it in overtime but North Texas they they stayed true to themselves they played well in the in the overtime and Purdue just completely fell flat North Texas deserved to win that game before we really get into North Texas in those games I want to address Ohio State real quick because Justin you brought this to my attention I'll let you take off with this one but EJ Liddell's their best player hands down led the team in scoring had himself a really good ball game yesterday Unfortunately, when you're the star player of a team that loses in an upset fashion, you'll often become the target of some serious hate. And Justin, go ahead, because I know you're the one that brought this to my attention. E.J. Liddell, the great player that he is, and who has been a great player all season for Ohio State, the reason why this team, the big reason why this team is, you know, a two-seat going in this tournament and had high hopes to be an Elite Eight team, a Sweet 16, make it maybe in the Final Four. You know, this team was able to play great ball this season, the Big Ten, the Big Ten as a whole. Well, yesterday, wasn't able to put down a couple of free throws that had some effect, but, you know, those that's every game where, you know, a couple of free throws will be missed, and the game might come up a couple points shy. Those those games happen. But the thing is, you don't beat a player up on that. A player don't beat, doesn't beat themselves up on that because missed free throw shots will happen. It's a part of the game. It's part of sports. It's, it's part of the nat- naturality that is athletics, you know, the thing is, athletics and sports are not everything that there is to life. And E.G. Liddell, you know, he had experienced something a very hard way that I really hope as an athlete, as a person, and purely as a human, you never, no one ever has to experience. But he was receiving such huge hate, death threats uh, from just fans and, and accounts saying, you know, not just racial slurs, but homophobic slurs. I mean, I mean, just everything possible that was just wrong to say to someone straight to the face over a sport. This kid is 20 years old, and he was receiving things that I hope no one ever received. It, it brings me back to the instance of the Alabama and Auburn kick six, you know, the kicker from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Just same, very similar situation, receiving just e- letters and emails from people and fans saying just death threats from Alabama fans, which it, it, this – these are just sports. I look at sports as a way to get away from the real world. You know, that's what I've always looked at looked at sports as. And so seeing this happen, it, it hurts me because I'm like, these kids, they're playing in a tournament that is just has always been a big dream as a college basketball player. It's, you know, it's one of the biggest things that could ever happen. Whether you're a 16 seed or you're a one seed, this is something that's huge for everybody because it's the, the stature that it has, the money that it makes. That every, everyone's eyes are on this event. It's you know one of the top five sporting events of all time. March Madness, the big dance. You know, this is like the crazy moment that they all get to experience as college basketball players. Some never even get to experience it. You know, it's a dream of everyone's because this might be the last thing that they have. Because some of these players, they'll go to the NBA. And they'll, you know, live out the rest of their career getting paid. The rest of them, the guys who might be on the bench, you know, the, the role players, the guys who aren't star players, they're probably just going to go graduate and then, you know, go enjoy the rest of their life and whatever they may do. So this is their big moment. 
E.J. Liddell, he'll probably go to the NBA. But you have other players on that team who probably won't. And they have to deal with these letters, these hate comments, because of an upset that we see every year, whether it's a three losing to a 14 or a four losing to a 13. Or, you know, in the one time that we saw ever saw it happening, that's 16 losing to a one or 16 beating a one. You know, it was just like, this is, this is why we call it March Madness, is that these upsets happen. Is it a reason why we should go go attack a player who's 20, still living out his best years of life and his athletic career, that we need to go just blow him up and just say these absolute horrible things to him? No. He's a human. He doesn't yeah. deserve these things. He's a kid. You know, he already has to deal with the pressure of, you know, that I want to make it to the NBA. I want to be the best I could possibly be. And then when he has to deal with this from a fan base who should always have his back, and someone who is a part of the Ohio State fan base, it sickens me to see this. I and mean, those aren't real Ohio State fans. Um, I, I can almost completely 100% make sure that every Ohio State fan knows that they don't agree with, they, they don't agree with the things that were said to him as well. No matter how much they hated to see this loss happen to Oral Roberts. Yeah, it was upsetting because you had such a great season, but that's part of the madness. That's part of what happens. This is something that is it sickened me to see um, this – E.J. Liddell, he doesn't deserve it. And, um, yeah, I know the Ohio State police and, uh, you know, they've Ohio State's been reaching out to the police department and they're going to be, you know, taking care of E.J. Liddell and, and watching the situation very closely. I received a notification earlier saying that they will be, you know, making sure that everything goes smoothly and, you know, watching over him. But the thing is, it's still just the fact that this happens over a sport yeah. in athletics. It's wrong. Well, the reality is that I don't believe anything is actually going to happen to him physically. These are frustrated people or maybe just, I, I think, simply trolls who are deciding to use a burner account, something that is not real. You know, there's, you know, the, the people who would make a comment like this towards a young man are people who are cowards. Because these are people who will never say that to their face. Correct. These are people that will never reveal their real identity. But guess what? Through uh, you know, technology is such a uh, advanced thing that th- the the odds of you getting discovered are actually likely. Yeah. I, I law enforcement can trace IP addresses. They can look and see the source of that account. You know what's crazy? I hope and I hope this does happen. But, you know, Instagram and being what they play in today's society, you know, taking a big role in, uh, you know, Black Lives Matters and, you know, equality. You know, Instagram has played a big role in it because they, you know, they're a huge platform when it comes to social media. I hope, you know, maybe at the Ohio State University and Instagram might be able to just track this guy down, track, well, not just guy, it was multiple people that said mm-hmm. these things to him. You know, and it, it was it was horrible to see. Uh, I won't, I, one, I can't say FCC regulations. I can't say the things that were said. Too, uh, I wouldn't want to say those things here. Hear those things coming out of my mouth. Period. Um, but I hope Instagram and Ohio State University they work to track these guys down to, you know, bring them justice. Because I mean, it's a horrible thing to say to someone who not alone is just twenty, but he's just an athlete just living out his dreams as a college basketball player. You know, he's put his, he's put his entire life into this sport, and you know, just to get this back is it's horrible i mean he led the team in scoring too that's what's crazy about it it's just like this guy was your top scorer of the game and you want to blow him up for doing his job being the leader being the role player he is because of a couple free throws he had 23 points and 14 rebounds exactly exactly i mean are you saying these if your team wins and then what if you lose the next game are you then sending them his way then like it's 
I know I know it was an embarrassing thing for the Ohio State community just because you know you lost to a 15 seed. That happens to everybody, man. I mean, this we're going to, we see it to happen every team year in year out. Does that stigma stay with them? No. No one really remembers the upsets. We remember the Cinderellas that got there because of the upsets, but no one remembers the upsets because it's a part of March Madness. Unless something just absolutely crazy happens, we're, we're always going to remember UMBC beating Virginia because it was the first time it ever happened. Exactly. Then we're always going to remember Virginia coming back and winning the national championship the year after. And that's the exact thing that this March Madness tournament is about, is that this upset can happen to you, and the next year you can go back and just win it all. Exactly. And, and, you know, and then it sucks to see that because Ohio State, they can do the exact same thing. But the thing is, there's a lot more to life than just basketball. There's a lot more to life than just sports. These players look at it as an exit from the real world. I look at it as an exit, whether I'm talking it, playing it, watching it. Sports has always been my exit from the real world. and That's, you know, that's why I do this. I enjoy doing it because it's what I love to do. There's so much more to life, though, than just sports. What gets me is how somebody can sit there and think to themselves, yeah, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be okay with myself as a human being. You know, that, it, it makes you question humanity, but we know that there are those people in this world, and then there are 100 million people in this world that are not like that. There are good people. That's just one small little carving of the worst in humanity who decide that they can do that and then hide under, uh, you know, under a fake account to do this because they're too cowardly to actually do it on their own. And you think you're upset that your team lost? Imagine committing to a school, waking up early in the morning to do early morning workouts, then go to school, then play games, then just practice and do the very best that you can. And then also juggle social life, all of that stuff, the the everyday life of being a student. I'll also add on the, the everyday workload of being a student athlete. And then you work so hard and have a great season all for it to come to an end the way that it did for them so early. They were supposed to be an elite eight final four team and then they end up getting eliminated in the first round. And Justin, like you had mentioned, that always happens. There are always going to be upsets, and unfortunately for Ohio State, they were on that end of the upset. So imagine how the players feel that they let themselves down, that they let their fan bases down, their coaches down. Their, and that's just how you feel. Being from being an athlete, who has, being a former athlete who has been on the side of an upset on a team that probably should have won, you know, you feel like you let everybody down. So imagine how you feel putting in all that work and effort to then lose. Like, and this fan over here is the one who's actually upset. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's embarrassing just, you know, that you already had to go through it. You know, just imagine what these players felt, what the coach felt. You know, after everything that's been done that made them get to that one spot, that two, you know, they have a great path to go very deep in this tournament. And they, and they were, it was abruptly stopped in the first round by Oral Roberts, which, you know, it, those things happen. Imagine how quiet the locker room was. Imagine how quiet the bus ride to the airport was. Imagine how quiet the airport, you know, the airplane ride home was. These players probably didn't yeah. say much to each other at all because their entire lives were just shocked by, you know, it, 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 what, what is March Madness, and, you know. So it, it, <clears throat> it happens like that, and, you know, we hate to see it. But still, it's just the matter of the fact that these players, their lives were, you know, it was upset because they put so much effort this entire season to make it this far. And to see that happen, it, it sucks. So then here's E.J. Liddell going to have already lost this game. Then going on this very quiet bus ride back, quiet plane ride back, you know, then going back to wherever he may be, a dorm or, you know, wherever he may live in, around Ohio State and Columbus. 
you know, has has to make it back there, goes to bed, you know, wherever he wherever that may be, and then he wakes up to this. I mean, just imagine that. Like your your life's already been turned upside down, and then you wake yeah. up to this. Right. Well, and he, to his credit, he said that he doesn't take much thought into the comments that he receives, which is good for him. I think. Yeah. It, it's well. Well, I, I think it's credit to not not only EJ but also I know from being involved in collegiate athletics in some way that they have social media teams that help the athletes and you know they, in a way they almost teach them how to deal with certain things and they tell them obviously what's right to tweet what's not right to tweet and I mean most of the time athletes are barely even active on social media anyways just because they stay away from it. Well, that's the thing is that he did send out a tweet today, uh, EJ Liddell. Yeah, you know, it said in. In the, in the tweet, there was two screenshots of some of these comments that he was receiving. And then in his caption, it said, honestly, what did I do to deserve this? I'm human. And that's the best way to yeah. put it. Yeah. He's he's a lot more than just a basketball player. He's a lot more than just an athlete. He is a kid. He is 20. He still has his whole life ahead of him. Marriage, kids, family. You know, He has so much more to this game right now that to be deser- deserving this. So, you know, he's human. And... People need to open their eyes and realize that that just because he plays for your favorite team, that it doesn't matter that he he still doesn't deserve this. I mean, like you said, twenty three points, fourteen rebounds. That's an excellent game for college. Excellent. There's no yeah. reason to receive that. You know, just I, I and Ren, did you want to hop in and say something? Look I was going to say, I mean, Justin and I are both college students. Davis went to the same college as us. We already have a lot on our plates, and we're not even student athletes. I, I mean, like, he's just as normal as we are. He just plays for a team that's on TV that he can be cheered on for. And I've mentioned this before. I've written reports on it. I've written, you know, articles about it, about college athletes have so much stress put on them because not only are they trying to better their athletic career and make it to the next level because this is their sport, their dream, what they've always wanted to do, they still have to worry about their education, which is, you know, the main reason why they're there. There's a lot, they, there's a lot of pressure on the play and they're always on the go. They don't have, they don't have free time. You know, me and Ren, you know, Ren being involved in Greek life and me, you know, I enjoy the life that I live. You know, we're always have free time going on and like compared to these college athletes and we don't, and we're busy people too. But the thing is compared to the free time that we have and the time that they have, it's nothing. It's literally nothing that they have as college athletes. So, you know, it sucks to see this, especially around basketball season where his life is literally he's breathing, eating, sleeping, and it's it's basketball. That's all he does. Yeah, and it's, well, the crazy thing is that college sports have gotten so big and there's so much investment in it that it gets to the point that, like you said, Justin, I mean, these guys are 20 years old. They're, they're kids still, technically, m- most of them. So... Who are you to go on social media and try to attack them when, one, they're, they're a kid, but also as this whole discussion is kind of rounded around this topic of sports bring people together, that, that's what they're meant for. It's never there's, – there's so many more things that are worth more to people's lives than just sports. It, as you said, it's a way for a lot of people to escape and just enjoy the games. Like people take time out of their day to go to bars and just hang out with people and have a great time and – you know the the same people that go that attacked EJ are probably the same people that see if they're not an Ohio State fan if it same same Michigan loses today those same people will go and probably make fun of or, or attack somebody else you know they they don't 
Who knows if they're even Ohio State fans or they're just doing it for the sake of just going after a guy when they have no business doing yeah. it. Yeah, and that's the exact point right there is that these guys might maybe be a part of the Ohio State fan base, and that's what sucks about it most. But also, I do want to mention this. I did receive the notification before we went on air is that uh, Ohio State bed coach, uh, basketball coach Chris Holtman, he said, uh, OSU will condemn, to condemn the attack. School will notify police and support Liddell. Hol- Holtman, his comments were, those comments are vile and reflect the worst of humanity, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, they really do. So there's a, overall a lesson here, and it's more a reminder for all of us that are in this studio and also for our listeners out there that we all have the teams that we support. I'm, I'm guessing that if you're listening to this show, if you're listening to this station in general, you have a general liking of sports, and that means you probably have a team or a few teams that you support. So the lesson here is remember that when your team loses, because at some point, even the best teams, they will lose at some point. They may not win a championship. They may disappoint you, but yet the people that are out there working their tails off to try and get it done, they are human. And if you even thought about sending a nasty tweet their way, especially anonymously, like, really question the decisions that you make in life. Like, and ask yourself, am I a good human being? I, I think, if I want to if I want to do this, if I want to th- throw shade towards the way of somebody who's just trying to live life just like you are, like, think about that. Think about how you would feel if you would receive that kind of message. And all you're trying to do is your job. Imagine me sitting here. I'm doing this radio show and text messages come rolling in saying I'm horrible and I should jump off a building. Yeah. And that's and that and believe it or not, there have been people who have listened to radio shows. Like we have a guy here who said his first day on air, a lady called in and said, "You're terrible and you should kill yourself." Really? Thank you. And guess what? He's still here and he's doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's 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 kind of funny because you know I I really would like to see nothing about the situation is funny by the way. I would, but what the thing is is like I would love to see the people that have said this, their parents find out that they're saying these things. Right. I don't like to see that they're, what their parents would say to yeah. them. Because imagine what E.G. Liddell's mother and father are seeing their kid go through right now. Imagine how that makes them feel, mm. knowing that just because their kid is living out his dreams as a, as a basketball player, playing D1, Power 5 college basketball, top tier, he's receiving this. Imagine how they feel. Yeah. I mean, they, yep. they it, it sucks to them. So, you know, I would like to see how – the parents of the people saying this would feel seeing that their kids are saying this. They're, they're, you know, they're. You know, well, yeah. we, we, we do have to go to break, but I do want to mention this that there was actually a, a, a person, uh, there's a person who works for ESPN, uh, Katie, I, I don't know why her name is blanking on me, but she's. Nolan, maybe? Yeah, Katie Nolan. Like, yep. she's super popular now. She, she, like, leads the social media team for ESPN. She did a segment where she brought on random people who had previously sent out really mean tweets that were focused on, like, players, athletes. I remember that. And so she would this, basically yeah. have that person read the tweet. They were caught off guard. And they would be like, yeah, damn it. Like, they, they, they feel ashamed. Like, they, they, they'll sit there and say, I shouldn't have sent it. But at the time, when you think you're safe... You're, you're just going to send it, have right? You- no, we have to go to break. Sorry, we're, we can finish this. Otherwise, I know we're just going to keep going. We have to go to break, but I just want to throw that out there that imagine getting called out. 
Are you going to regret it then? I have a feeling you will. So don't send the tweet. All right, we got to take that time out. When we come back, we're going to continue to dive into some basketball, but the NCAA has some explaining to do. I'll explain why next. This is Sports Call Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. So you may have seen a video surface on social media about the differences between the workout facilities for the men's basketball tournament and the women's basketball tournament. Now, keep in mind, they're not playing in the same city together. They're playing in two completely separate cities. The women are in San Antonio, also in other uh, surrounding cities, uh, just like how the men's are doing it with Indianapolis, and they're playing in surrounding cities that are not too far away from Indianapolis, like Bloomington, West Lafayette, uh, and uh, a couple of arenas that are in Indianapolis. So the workout facilities should essentially be the same, right? I mean, guys and girls, like, we all work out. We all, especially when you're an athlete, we, we all pretty much use the same equipment, and we all essentially have the bodies that need to develop muscle, all that. You, you're hearing what I'm saying. So a video surfaces that the women's equipment compared to the men's equipment is literally night and day, meaning the guys have everything that they could possibly need, and then some, the women, barely if like you can one weight rack it's one weight rack it's it's like all right everyone get in line do your dumbbell curls then hand them off to the next person and then also there's another issue with they're saying uh gina ariema head coach of uconn brought this up that the women's teams are receiving these antigen tests that are supposedly like really cheap and uh they're like they're not as effective as a normal pcr test which the men are all receiving the pcr tests that are more accurate when it comes to saying if you have covid 19 or not and then also there's another report about the quote-unquote swag bags that normally come with food options as well as memorabilia all that good stuff and then the women's stuff was essentially a little bottle of water and other little you know minor things while the guys are given you know all this really nice stuff. So yeah, here we are. The women get uh, a couple of water bottles, a hat, a towel, an umbrella, a, a shirt. So some nice uh, little socks. Stuff. And then you go to the men's bracket, and it's like that, but on steroids. You get a really a bunch of a bunch of really cool stuff. You even get a book. Come on, you get a book with all that. So the guys get all the cool <laughs> stuff. The women. Ridiculous. It's like it's almost like the women. It's like the guys went and played in the national championship, and they got all the swag that you would get with that. While the women are off playing at the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Yes. They, like that's <laughs> it, compare those two swag bags with each other, and that's essentially what we have in store. They they literally gave them a bunch of soap and shampoo yeah, and toiletries, right. bro. Like what in the world? So of course, you as you would. Effect. They give them a stick of deodorant and some lotion. Because they're like, you stanky. Yeah, and it's like, it's crazy. But, you know, well, it even goes back to the food. Like, the food is just they get these little trays and then the, the guys get buffed. Yeah, the they, guys get they all they get out buffets. buffets. So, and again, yeah. so social media can somewhat be misleading, but this one is clearly not misleading. And it's also believable because for years and years and years, basically for the history of time, women have often been si- uh, short sighted by men and so it still is showing that in the ncaa where title nine is supposed to prevent this exact thing from happening there needs to be the equal amount of women's or guys sports same with women's sports like base both both teams both genders are supposed to receive the equal amount of 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 supplies same with scholarships that's why title nine is here in fact title nine applies to more than just uh uh, sports they uh, apply to general student life well 
This applies most certainly to Title IX, where clearly, clearly, and we're guys talking about this, and we do have Ren in the studio. We're guys talking about this, even saying, come on, NCAA. Uh, clearly, clearly, you did more than just drop the ball here. And this you is- clearly showed that you are focusing more on the men's sports than you are on the women's sports. And this is the exact same thing. Like This is one of the huge things that I wish Kobe Bryant was still alive for. Because Kobe Bryant was mm-hmm. such a huge voice at basketball, and he put it all towards the women's side of things because yeah. he had such respect for them, and he knew that they put in the exact same work that the men do to get to this point of their lives, their careers, and their seasons to make it this far, not just professionally, but college as well. Yeah. You know, and he, whether it was for Oregon, Sabrina Inescu, or over in the WNBA, you know, he was he, he was a voice everywhere because he had daughters. He had, he had daughters who were yeah. basketball players. You know, Gigi was a great basketball player for her age. You know, Kobe Bryant played such a big role in this and you know it sucked to see him leave because you know he had such a big effect and he was going to make things happen for the best of women's basketball and I, you know, I'm really hoping to see another voice like him steps up to make it happen and you know it shouldn't just be one person it should be everybody because I mean literally the pictures show for itself this is not right I mean yes women's basketball does not get the revenue it does not get the views and you know the TV time that all the men do you know it, that's because it's, it's it's different you know it's because the men's have the March Madness has been going on for so long. But the thing is, it doesn't mean that they should be shunned like this. Literally, they try to they try to cover it saying they only just get a weight rack full of, you know, a the heaviest weight probably being a 15-pound dumbbell and then that and then literally behind that that rack probably a good, I don't know, 50 yards of just empty gym. See that that was that, that was the uh, the audacity of the NCA to give an excuse like they're due to lack of space or whatever and it's like the same girl who originally posted the video of the weight room then goes, "Okay, space." Right. And then shows an entire empty basketball court approximately 50 yards away from the one rack of weights. Yeah, it it was a really bad look for them to it, just doing it alone, but then making that excuse was was a really bad look. But and it, it's not even you know with basketball. Like if you look at successful tournaments that the NCAA has, I mean the softball tournament is such a, is a huge deal. Huge. And the same thing goes on with you know soccer and field hockey as well. I mean the things that I think the NCAA could do, they don't bring in as much revenue maybe, but give them an opportunity to be televised more. It, and I think it, it would whether it's regular season softball or regular season basketball, we don't see it nearly as often. And if you do want to see it, most of the time you have to have a streaming service or like like ESPN right. Plus in order to even access right. the, those games. And, then, and that, that's why there's a huge difference between the men's and the women's. And, you know, that it's going to take a long time for that ever changes. And not saying it's a bad thing or anything like that, but the, the thing is, it's still the matter of the fact. It's just like these women, they're putting in the exact same work exact same time as these men do to get this far in their season and they're being treated this way i mean it, if it, anything they're putting in more work because they have to fight to get recognized correct that's i mean she yeah. rim, rim brings, rim brings, brings up a great point there you know the clearly the ncaa they want their men to have the top facilities they want them to have everything possible to play at their absolute best and you know Probably because that's where their money is. This is the, the NCAA makes the most money possible off this tournament. Yeah, college football does a lot for them, but this one event, uh, March Madness, this is their biggest event. This is their money maker. You know, I've written a report about it. They call it the Big Kaching. You know, for this exact reason, because it's a month long of just pure madness and all the sponsors and television that goes into this. It's crazy, but 
the thing is, yeah, the women are a huge part it, of it as well because they have their own version of the tournament. They have their own 64 teams that play in this tournament as well. And I'm not, and I want to separate, by the way, the general interest in viewing men's basketball compared to women's basketball. I want to separate those two because, frankly, that doesn't matter right now. What matters is you as the NCAA are the governing body of these athletes, and it is your job to supply them with all of the things that they need. You as the NCAA are clearly showing heavy favoritism towards the men over the women, and that's not your job. The listeners, the viewers, the people who have interest in sports, let them be the judge in what it is that they decide to watch and not watch. But you as the NCAA, your job is to make sure you take care of these student-athletes. Right, you, these athletes are dedicating their lives to you and their institutions. Your job is to supply them with the things that they need, and Title IX is supposed to ensure that what the men get is what the women get, what the women get is what the men get, and you dropped the ball every in every sense of the word you dropped the ball and vice president for basketball dan gavitt came out and he apologized and took full accountability for it because he said under my title it is my job to make sure that everything that these tournaments and everything that is involved in it coming down to the swag bags to the equipment that they are using to work out with it's like it is my job to make sure that every team has what they need and I drop the ball and that's on me and also uh, he he did say this and I don't buy this for a single second he said well due to COVID-19 there were some communications issues him and Mark Emmert the president of the NCAA said you know COVID-19 did cause some struggles for communication no, it didn't. Bogus. That's, so, that's, so, that's bogus. bogus. So, so it's like he apologized, and then he backtracked to then well, say that, or did, or was it the COVID issues first, and then he apologized? Well, no, he said, looks, well, co- got to keep in mind, there are some COVID issues that made things a little bit more difficult, but still, that shouldn't be an excuse. Well, right. You shouldn't have even brought that up. No, exactly. no that all, is an excuse. First of all, because look at the way that you deal with it, with the because we can bring that, we can just, we can play the exact same factor as we do for the women's, for the women's side to the men's, because look at what you do here. You get the men's, all this weight. And a giant weight room, get the woman's a, a, a bracket, you know, just this. We can do the exact same thing for how y'all do with the COVID process for the men's and the women's. You were mentioning with the tests, the men's get these high tests that are very good and they're very reliable, and the women get a lower grade version that's not as reliable. It's poorly used, and it's just like they, we could we could keep going back and forth on this. Why yeah. is my health any less important than yours? Correct. Yeah. We're all yeah. human. We're all human here, just like exactly. you yeah. We're all human, and it's like the matter of the fact. It's just like look, NCAA. You're trying to cover cover yourself up. We get it, but the thing is, you're you, you're going to keep screwing up. One, you need to one fix the problem. Give the woman the appro- appropriate facilities. Two, give them the appropriate test. I don't care how much money it's going to cost you. The money that you're saving, it's not worth it because you're going to get a lot of heat from this, and you're probably going to get some people that will take money away from you just because they don't like to see how the actions of you tr- not treat everyone equally, especially in today's society. Where we look at how big 2020 was, and then going into this year, 2021 is about equality and you know equal rights. Yep. Yep. And we're not getting it. You know, it's a look at what society sees with the NCAA. It's going. It's going to blackball them it's, to a huge extent. I mean, they'll still be fine because it's the NCAA, and you know, people with March Madness love it, but they're they're going to lose money over it. I wonder if, and I don't know what your guys' opinions would be on it, but I wonder if so. The NCAA has the responsibility of trying to make it as as even playing yes. field as possible. I wonder if. If they would think of, because right now, because the the women's basketball tournament they start tomorrow, I believe, 
and they're their first round. Like they they're they're playing games tomorrow Correct. while the men are also playing. I wonder if if they cut the regular season short maybe by ten games and they had the women's tournament before the men's, I wonder if they how many more people would tune into the women's tournament because I I guess I fall a little bit uh uh I don't watch the first or second rounds of the women's tournament Same. typically. I am a big Elite Eight and Final Four right. and then I'll watch the championship. But the you know the the exposure that the women's tournament gets since they're on two different networks isn't the same. Everybody knows that the men is on the Turner Sports Network. On, yeah, the uh, yeah, TNT, TBS, yeah. TV, like there are CBS, multiple TV. channels yes, that display yes. the men's and basketball. And you have ESPN and yeah. ESPN Two and maybe ESPNU as well. But people know that Turner is separate from correct ESPN and that, and so so they know where to get the men's games and they skip over the women's until there's not a men's game on and then they figure they can turn. I'd on. also like to mention this. NCAA basketball, the last game of the season is played by women's because the men's tournament wraps up before the women's every year. I'd like to mention that. The last game is a women's, it's a women's championship basketball and not the men's. So let's remember that is that the women's are playing last. And so they're going to be giving, getting that TV time. The thing is, if this is like they have their own individual TV time, they save the, they save the women's for last, which, I mean, I think that's a huge thing is like, you know, usually – and sports, you know, let's look at it this way. High school usually finishes up their season before, then college, then pro. That's usually how it always goes. Usually the biggest sports stayed for last. And so you had the women's playing last year. They need the attention. They need the, the proper facilities that they deserve to – that they've had at their own school and their own season that they've been using all year long to be in their prime condition that's got them here. And you just kind of just take it away from saying they don't deserve it just because they don't have the cameras on them. They don't make you the money that the men do. What makes me mad is that, and this is slightly off of NCAA, but did we not just have the first woman referee in the Super Bowl? We did. Like how long ago? A month ago? Correct. Okay, that's a step forward for women in sports. Now we're going to do this. We just took 18 steps backwards. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's Well, the, the thing is, I will say this. The NFL, they've done a, a – much better job of enabling women to, you know, take a part of the sport. Mm -hmm. The head of their entire social media. Every post you see from NFL is by AJ Curry. Correct. And, you know, know, being a big AJ Curry fan, um, you know, the NFL, they do a great job with that. I don't compare the the NCAA and and NFL in, in any sort of way because I feel like the NFL, they have a sport that's played by men. And they still have women as a huge part of it. And, you know, that's really impressive, in my yeah. opinion. Whether it's coaching, refereeing, or even just a part of their NFL team, they, they, they still have a huge part of it. So uh, the NCAA is recognizing, okay, yeah, this is an issue. <laughs> Frankly, I, I mean, I, I think that the positive that comes out of this is that moving forward, this is always going to this th- that this is going to be highlighted, and they're going to remember this. And so moving forward, this cannot be an issue again, NCAA. This cannot be an issue again. We do have to go to break. Uh, But I hope that they know that this moving forward, you messed up, own it, move on, get the women the equipment that they need, and then next year, never make this an issue again. It needs to be fixed ASAP. That's all I got to say. All right, let's take that time out now. Let's get into some basketball stuff as we do have Georgetown and Colorado underway. And we're about to have another game tip off Florida State and UNC Greenville. That next on Sports Call Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 
Alright, so Colorado's taking it to Georgetown right now, but plenty of game to go right there. And as I'm speaking, Florida State tipping off to UNC Greensboro. I kept calling it Greensville, but no, it's Greensboro. Greensville's in South Carolina. Yeah, well, in, Greensville. Yes. In, anyways, uh, yeah, so Florida State, I have them in my regular bracket, my my main one. I have Florida State going to the Final Four, losing to Gonzaga. I like this team. I think they've played well all season long. They should have won the ACC. They did fall short to Georgia Tech, which, by the way, Georgia Tech lost their first game to Lafayette, uh, not Lafayette, uh, Loyola, Chicago. That's no surprise there. No, that's no surprise. But you know what, Florida State, this this team, they're a solid team. In fact, uh, they just got the rebounds. They're dribbling up the court. No score. That game did just tip off. They have, uh, they they've really played some good basketball under Leonard Hamilton. The in the past what 18 years that he's been the head coach this program uh i think is due for a really big run in the tournament they will i think they will they will have a good they'll have a good one i don't know if they'll make it i think the farthest they'll make is elite eight in my opinion florida they had a great game yesterday versus virginia tech going yeah to, going to ot great game i would say they fought really hard in that matchup they <laughs> Virginia Tech actually they favored Virginia Tech to beat Florida and well, they were the, the ten seed and they, Florida did did go down early they fought back which is good that shows their resiliency and they missed some crucial free throws they didn't have to go to overtime they missed some crucial free throws and then uh, Virginia Tech hit that huge three so they at least pulled through in overtime which is all I can really ask for they're moving on they're taking on uh, they're taking on Oral Roberts you know um, actually but. As we're on the subject of Florida, and let's put a pause on March Madness talk. Did y'all see the elbow Omar Payne had on the Tennessee player in the SEC tournament? Yes. Yes. It that was, was, it was bad. absolutely really bad. That was really bad. Un- uh, uncalled that was for. Abrupt. I mean, uncalled for. That was shouldn't have happened. Horrible. Anyways, but still, Florida playing a absolute great game yesterday. And the 7 and 10 seed games are probably some of the best basketball you're going to find in the first round. 8 and 9 as well, even though my. Tar Heels got blown out by Wisconsin yesterday. Yes, was, I was excited for that. Yes, one, they did. Yeah. They, you you they, were on opposite ends of the uh, yeah. of the spectrum on that one. Yeah. yeah, I was wrong. I had North Carolina winning that game too. It, oh, Wisconsin is, killed them. North Carolina has just been the most inconsistent team this year. <laughs> I mean, they'll go out and then they'll blow out S- FSU, and they'll go blow out Louisville, and they'll just fall apart. I mean, and yeah. then they'll go beat Virginia Tech, who's ranked. It's just like you can't back and forth, back and forth with this team. It's 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 been inconsistent all year with them, and it's like. So seeing this happen, it's not surprising. Like a team it, in their best games can, is an elite eight team, but in their worst games, you saw yesterday, uh, it wasn't a surprise to me. But then also we had a team like Oregon State pulling off an upset as well. Yeah, we we we're, we're off to a pretty solid start so far in March in March Madness. And you know, you got Patrick Ewing who's coaching Georgetown. You know, it's a cool story. It is. A it, cool is a, story. it is a cool story. You know, he won a national championship at Georgetown, which was the last time they won a national championship. Was when Patrick Ewing was there. And Georgetown, keep in mind, during this time, Georgetown changed basketball. They had you know, they had John uh, Thompson as their head coach. He had the big towel on his shoulder. They went to multiple national championships, winning one. That They were the bad boys of college basketball, and they really changed basketball, I believe. They made basketball, and then them, them and the Fab Five, I believe, really culturized uh, basketball and what it is today. They added a flavor that was, at the time, Un, really unknown. They really had attitude. And also, this really embraced the hip-hop era that now 
uh, you know correlates itself with basketball now is you know Georgetown during that 80s period when hip hop was really taking off it all was sort of a perfect match and it made basketball either really fun to watch because it was different or for the purist in the game really made you hate Georgetown and what it is they represented today they're embraced yeah. I embrace them because it, that's what makes basketball habits its uniqueness, its flavor. That's and it all really began with Georgetown. You know, I I love seeing this come from Patrick Ewing. You know, it's something sometimes I wish we saw more in basketball. But going back to your roots, your alumni school, where you did such great things at, and you know, trying to make it happen again, but from a different perspective and the coaching perspective of things, you know, who knows how great of a coach Patrick Ewing is? I mean, clearly he's done a great job with them. I mean, Georgetown being. An absolute great team. And they won the Big East it, tournament, correct. so big win for them. I about to mention that they did win the Big East tournament. And, you know, Patrick Ewing, as, as a basketball player, you know, has his number and name hung from the rafters of the Madison Square Garden. And he says, I'm going to go back to the Hoyas and, you know, see if I can make things happen, you know, and do it again. And, you know, right now they're down 14 points in this game. And it's fine because it's just like you're a 12 seed, but there's still – so much that this team can make, and you know we've seen it happen. That's what we love about college basketball so much is that you don't need to be a power five school to be the greatest team out there. Look at Gonzaga; they've been a top, they've been a yeah. top, top the country all season long. And where are they come? But what is it like the what? What was it? Uh, the Big West? Or something the like that? the West Coast Conference. The West Coast, Coast Conference. Conference. Yeah. West Coast Conference. Yeah, and actually, I was making that argument yesterday when uh, I hosted Sports Drive with Chad Brilliante all last week. That yesterday, basketball is so fun to watch because we have these tournaments. Same with hockey, even. Hockey, you'll often see champions from schools that are not big-name schools. Baseball allows opportunities for schools that aren't big-name schools. Softball, too. That's what I love where about baseball, you, you know, too. These tournaments allow these other teams who may not be big-name schools to be national champions. And you see Gonzaga. We really only know Gonzaga for being a private school with an amazing basketball team. We know them <laughs> because they play well, and they're the number one team in the nation, and they come from the West Coast Conference. Yeah, yeah, and they come from the West Coast Conference, and they've just been atop the league all year. They haven't lost, and it's, they've just been nothing but impressive. And I will say this, college baseball, they do the exact same thing. We had what? I think it was Fullerton or? Yeah, Cal State Cal Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton. They, they made it not too long back. because they, they won the national championship in 2003. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, they beat Louisville. And I think 05. They were no, that, Rice did. I, I, Rice I, I remember watching that game live. They have um, the pitcher that Louisville put in was the best closer in the country. He threw one one and he was, I think it was the sixth overall pick that year. They put him in with bases loaded, two outs, and Cal State Fullerton, Fullerton's down three. Or am I thinking, I, I might be thinking of someone else. Yeah, I think he may be thinking about uh, um, UC Santa Barbara. You no, know, Santa Barbara. Santa yeah, yeah, Barbara, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but that was, I think this. I know what's about to happen. It I know was, what you're talking about. It was the about. same year, though, I believe. I, was, I believe that was the same year. And yeah, you, this kid who, like, I think had. He was a pinch hitter. He wasn't even a, he wasn't even a starter, and they put him in down three, two outs, bases loaded, t- facing the top pitcher, top closer in the country, yanks it out. Game three, that's over. They're headed to the World Series. I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, the most I mean, I, the most unbelievable moment, and yeah. and one of the most unbelievable moments in the tournament's history. And that yeah. was before 
uh, Omaha. Yeah. Any, anyways, uh, quick uh, update on the uh, on the scores. Colorado really taking it to Georgetown, 31-17. Florida State up early over uh, UN, uh, UNC Greensboro, 8-2. And we're going to have oh, uh, LSU and St. Bonnie's tip off here in about 45 minutes. Also, in, in about 15 minutes, Kansas and Eastern Washington getting tipped off. Justin, you had mentioned uh, UC Santa Barbara. They're going to be playing today also against Creighton, and they actually they might are a pretty one. good they team. Might. Let's keep an eye on UC Santa Barbara today, but that game will be tipping off at 2.30, so after our show, and you might find me watching that game at one of our establishments downtown with my dog, Draco. Yes, I have plans today. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we wrap up this break, we are going to be doing a little bit of love it or hate it. That's next on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. here trying to hold out hope for Georgetown and Colorado because I had Georgetown winning this ball game and uh Colorado is just basically spitting in my face right now they're they're beating Gonzaga or not Gonzaga Georgetown by 20 right now and it's not even pretty it's it's it, in fact Georgetown just can't really seem to get anything going their way but there's a reason why there are two halves in men's college basketball is that you know anything can really happen as Georgetown does add two. So, yeah, now they're down by 18, but Colorado also appears to be scoring at will. So this is what this is what March is all about. You have teams that are out there. They're ready to play. They're ready to go out there and bring it to you. Then it just comes down to what the other team can do to respond. But yeah. in the meantime, Florida State also taking it to UNC Greensboro. Not really any surprise there. Let's just hope Florida State doesn't get too comfortable because we've already seen these upsets, and we all know that this is is March. Which is surprising because Colorado, coming out of the Pac-12, which the Pac-12 is the weakest out of the Power Five. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of surprising to see that they're doing this well versus the team in Georgetown, who's actually a very solid team. Um, kind of, it's it's a blowout, really, more than anything. I mean, Georgetown, they're one for 10 with a three-point line. certainly up. trending wow, that way. Wow, wow. Colorado, 10 for 15. As they hit another 11 three. 11 for 16. From the three point line, most most three three points three point shots in a, in a yeah. half this season. I like it. You know, a lot of times you can tell what a team is going to do in the tournament based on their first game. Colorado's killing Georgetown right now. They're shooting like crazy. They're hitting their shots. Justin, you had just mentioned they've hit eleven out of sixteen shots so far in this ball game, and now they're winning forty seven to uh, twenty three at the moment. There's two point one seconds to go. They're averaging almost one hundred points in this ball game if they continue to do it this way. Well, we'll see. Um, if they hit a three right here, you know, they'd be right at 50. So, so yeah, 2.1, here we go. We're about to go to halftime, but George, uh, Colorado is going to inbound the ball on their side of the court. Let's see. Oh, now timeout, so we'll have a minute you know, or two. So you see, the mask, you see the mask the Colorado coach is wearing right now? The the the, the, the mask that we've seen like all college football coaches like Nick Saban, uh, Brian Day, Dabo, sweetie, the, those, yeah. those mesh masks. I've been thinking about getting one of those because there must be a reason they they use they must use those masks because it's easier to, you know, be heard. They're right? probably very breathable. They're, they're me- I've looked them up. They're mesh masks, like they're, like, but they're still like they follow like guidelines. But 
you can they're easy to communicate through and really t- and talk through. Which I mean, as a coach, if you're going to be wearing a mask, you have to be heard. So oh. you know that's what's what it's good for. I, so I remember when COVID first hit. Gosh, just think, we've been dealing with COVID for now over a year. At this point last year, sports have stopped, and we continued to do this show, but sports in general stopped, so we had to get pretty unique with what we talked about. So I would start talking about COVID-19 updates, just that way we could see where we're at. And, God, how silly of me thinking, all right, we should only be dealing with this for a few months. We'll see where we are from there. Here we are a year later. later. However, I I keep saying that the light's at the end of the tunnel. That light, to me, is getting much brighter because yesterday – Governor Ron DeSantis extended, starting Monday, the COVID-19 vaccine to those who are 50 and older. My parents both are above the age of 50. In fact, my mom just got her vaccine. My dad needs to get the doctor to clear him because he had COVID for a while. Really bad, by the way. And so the doctor said, you can't get the vaccine until you're at least 90 days beyond COVID. Well, it has been beyond 90 days. So he just needs the doctor to say, go for it. Because apparently if you get the vaccine while also having antibodies build up in your body, then it could have a negative reaction. So uh, that's something I learned recently. So be careful with that. But also now that we know that the vaccine is going to people who are 50 and old, older with the possibility that by next month, people like us, our ages, our age group, uh, being able to get the vaccine, I, I'm excited. And to me, that means that we are just that much closer to returning back to normal. We do still have people getting uh, t- that are testing positive for COVID. And unfortunately, we did have the reports of five deaths in Escambia County as a result, but hospitalizations are the lowest they've ever been due to COVID-19 since the pandemic really began. So I, um, I'm very, very, very optimistic that we are getting so close to being done with this. Finally, finally, because guys, it has been exhausting. Yeah, it, it really, it really has been. And I've enjoyed, you know, being able to live the life of, Getting closer and closer to nor- normality. You know, last week we had the spring game for UWF football, and there could be some fans in attendance. Now, my God, we had UWF football once again with fans. That was a great thing to see. The biggest relief to me was when they decided that you could go to UWF baseball games yeah. as a student because that was the first big, like, that, oh, this is real. Yeah, I remember, I remember calling play play for that game and, like, actually feeling the, the atmosphere of, like, having the fans and then not having the fans. It was completely different. It was great. Um, but it was also great because we haven't experienced UWF football since 2019, you know. So it's been over a year and a half, and we haven't seen these guys get to play. And we got to see them play. We got to see Austin Reed throw a couple dots. You know, it was great to see that. And now they're traveling out to FAMU today to play, uh, which that's a huge game because that's a, that's an FCS team right there. So, you know, that, that'd be big because that's, that's a higher-level team than UWF. I know I, whenever I had Austin on the show one time, I asked him to really, to really show his humble side and say, if UWF is, could play a D1 school, who would you want to play and who do you think you could actually be? And he said, McNeese, and then he's like, a fam you. I was like, all right, well, I guess today we're going to test that out. And you know, I'm excited to see what happens in that game. I know it'll probably more just be more of a practice game, if anything, uh, because it's like you want to get all your players' reps at the spring game. It's nothing crazy. 
we do have spring football going on though. Jackson State, they're still they're still playing. So. Oh, Jacksonville State's been awesome too. Pretty fun to watch when you have prime time Deion Sanders over there on the sidelines coaching your team. I mean, they beat uh, Grambling, which they beat Grambling at home, which who hasn't lost at home since 2015. That was a huge win. Huge. Huge. Uh, huge. Um, anyways, it's March Madness, though. And so we have huge basketball games going on today. So, so I, I'm taking a look at my bracket right now. My best bracket Your busted one? is at 69%. Oif. And I am ranked 4.6 million. And I'm in that area. I have 100 points so far. And I have had how many losses? One two, three, four, five losses. Those losses, or six, sorry, because I had I had Clemson beating Rutgers. Rutgers won that game. I had, for some reason, Moorhead State upsetting Virginia. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. I had San Diego State right. beating Syracuse. Syracuse wiped the floor with San Diego State, actually, which sets up a really intriguing matchup. Syracuse against West Virginia. That's going to be taking place tomorrow. I'm very excited about that matchup. Uh, I was correct about Loyola. Or I, I, I was correct on the Oregon State pick, and I was. But by the way, Oregon State slaughtering Tennessee. I, uh, I was right about that one. So good for me there. Uh, obviously, I was wrong about Oral Roberts and Ohio State. I was wrong about Purdue and North Texas. Many people were, and I was wrong about North Carolina and Wisconsin. Wisconsin just slaughtering North Carolina. Yeah, and. So another game that I'm looking forward to, uh, St. Bonaventure and then uh, LSU. That's going to be a go good Bonnies. Game. Yeah, go Bonnies, man. Uh, and then also you have a game in Maryland. You call Maryland probably, and they have a good shot of winning that game. You also have Missouri and Oklahoma. Give me Missouri today. Actually, they played solid basketball. Um, let's see, VCU and Oregon. That'll be a solid game because we see that. Oh wow! There we go. Florida State, uh, by the way, up four, fif- so, uh, fifteen to four against UNC Greensboro. Yesterday was actually Bob Huggins' nine hundredth win. So, oh, good for him! So that, I knew that was coming up. I didn't. I so thought he, that already not, happened. Actually, he's not, he's not far behind Roy Williams then. Actually, because Roy Williams, he's like right. Like, yeah, right he under. just got his nine hundredth victory. Yeah, so that means. And he's already done. He he got eliminated. Yeah, Bob, well, Bob Huggins is I think three away from passing Bob Knight, which Roy Williams did earlier this season, which. That's a, I mean, like we, we I talked about it last week, you know, Bob Knight, one of the greatest coaches of all time, you know, just basketball, purely not college or pro, but just basketball as a whole because he did so much for the game. Um, yeah, that'd be a huge thing for Bob Huggins. But West Virginia, they're one of those teams that I've seen them go deep in the tournament. They've been a one seed and two seed before. Um, won't be surprised me if they go to a Sweet 16 this year because of just how good this team could be. Uh, Coach Beheim at Syracuse. That's another. We're going we're gonna to see a great clash. Yeah, of, Jim Beheim yeah. and Bob Bob Huggins are going to be facing Those off against are, each other. Looking forward to that. Probably, matchup. Dad. Correct me if I'm wrong. What, what did you say? Top ten coach. Two top ten coaches of all time. I know my dad probably might not agree with that. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Coach Beheim. Uh, he's he's one of the great. It's, Bayheim, right? Yeah, Bayheim. Okay. And his and his son, Buddy Bayheim. Buddy, yep. Buddy Bayheim. It was leading the way yesterday. He was splashing that basketball. Yeah. No, he was he was shooting the ball pretty well yesterday. Uh, then Bob Huggins for what he's done. He's you know made West Virginia a great <laughs> basketball school, and you know made them a force that's hard, very hard to be reckoned with. So it's gonna be cool to see him play. Um, him and Coach Bayheim go because yeah, we, we don't ever get seen them go against each other. And Bob Huggins. 
I think his big claim to fame is when he was really good at Cincinnati. I think he led them to a Final Four one year, and he has a ton of wins, obviously. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He is due to lead West Virginia or really any team he he coaches. He is due to go back to a Final Four. He is too good of a coach to be where he is at this point and not get – in fact, okay, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Bob Huggins – who has almost 900 wins, or does have 900 wins, or is about to have 900 wins. I'm looking up his record right now. In his record, the best that he has done as a coach, he has led teams to, uh, it looks like he has led teams to two Final Fours. It appears that he has done two Final Fours, and that's it. He is a coach that is too good to where he is due to go back to a Final Four, and I hope one day before he retires, he leads a team to a a championship. My my household, we're not huge Huggins fans, just for the fact, yeah, he's done great things. He does have 900 wins, by the way. Yeah, he's done great things for West Virginia and West Virginia basketball, but also he's very disrespectful towards Marshall. I know a couple times, the last time (laughs) I mean, I'm being serious. He... Well, I think it was at a press conference one time or something like that. Um, he was I, he was just pretty much drunk and talking about just Huntington and trash talking Marshall. I was just like, you know, yeah, we're the little guys in the state, but still, it's like show us like some sort of respect as like we are, you know, your rivals. I mean, it was kind of just. I mean, because I'm pretty sure he was intoxicated when it, with everything that he was saying. I know. We're not huge fans of him just because of the way that he has talked about us before. You know, don't really ever like to see some of anyone ever trash talk Huntington just because Marshall being the school it is and what they've gone through. You know, I feel like it wasn't deserving, but, you know, I, last time Marshall and uh, West Virginia faced off, Marshall got their butts whooped. It was in the tournament, too. It's when after Marshall had upset Wichita State and they went and faced West Virginia in the, in the next round and then West Virginia blew them out because Marshall just couldn't hit a three. So. It was John Elmore, though, you know, that great tournament that he had. But I don't know if y'all remember the Wichita State 13 seed beating the four seed. I love that game so much. I had I had Marshall winning all my brackets, and you know, a lot of people didn't, but Marshall busted a lot of brackets that year, which was fun to see. Sorry, I was finishing the reading. I, like, I, I, I didn't know if you were done talking because you're, yeah. like, you're like talking and then done. Done. So I here mean, we are. No, no, no. So I'm actually reading an article on Bob Huggins, just seeing like uh, throughout his career, like what is he like done with his team? So he's been to two Final Fours, and nothing more. So, but then he has Syracuse coming up next. Looking, I'm actually really looking forward to that matchup. In the meantime, Florida State and uh, UNC Greensboro. Uh, that game is currently 17 to seven. We know that Kansas just got underway. We are they're about to get underway here any moment against Eastern Washington and. I don't know anything about Eastern Washington, but I think that Kansas should hold this one down. Don't think that, that, that there should be an upset here. St. Bonnie's and LSU tipping off in about 30 minutes. We're going to take a timeout here on Sports Call. Davis and Justin get you caught up on everything going on also in the football world because we have some football news to talk about. This is ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. ESPN, Pensacola, 1330 AM and 991 FM. 
looking at these tournaments as they are going. Florida State holding strong against UNC Greensboro. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Colorado and Georgetown are at halftime. And also, just to give a fair little shout-out to our friends over at the NIT tournament, Dayton on top of Memphis, 25-23. to And two teams that are actually pretty familiar with the NCAA tournament didn't have great seasons this year. So they're in the NIT. And surprise, surprise, so far, two minutes into the East, uh, Eastern Washington-Kansas game, Eastern Washington's up nine nothing right now. So quick start to this game. Kansas we has might, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip the channel over to that because that's TBS. It's just two channels up over here. This wouldn't be the first time we've seen Kansas suffer an upset. They suffered an upset with Joel Embiid and Andrew Wiggins whenever they were playing the respective times at Kansas. Kansas is known for having a couple upsets happen to them in their March Madness days. I will say that. So it wouldn't surprise me to see one happen here. I mean, I would have taken it being the round of 64, but who knows? It is the madness that is March. You know, I will say that Kansas is one of the premier blue blood schools, of course. If you go to Kansas to play basketball, you're you're obviously one of the top recruits in the nation. And if you go to but, Kansas to play football, I mean, you're just one of the... Then you're, you're just happy to have a Division One scholarship. You're dang right you are. So, Kansas, though, hasn't really played... They Like, regular season-wise, they're a really good school, mm-hmm. but they last won a championship in 2008. Yep. They haven't been back since. They uh, haven't... They've been to a couple Final Fours... Let me see what their records have been. Um, the last time, I think it, they either played Villanova or Michigan one year. The last time they were in the Final Four. And uh, in Michigan and Villanova, they went on to play in the national championship. Villanova winning that game for the second time. And they won the national championship for the second time in four years or three years, I believe. That was what happened. Okay, so uh, back in 2012, Kansas went to the championship. Who won that tournament that year? Wasn't it Kentucky? I think Kentucky went undefeated that year. And beat Kansas in the so. championship because I'm over I'm, I'm over looking up like when did they last go to and they were last in the final four back in 2018 so it's been since 2008 that they actually won it I, I got a, I got a fact because I can almost guarantee you Kentucky did not win that that year undefeated um because I, I hear the last time we I know the last time we we haven't had a I've undefeated champion in a very long time oh it, it was uh it was the champion was Kentucky, so bang bang. But I, I'm not saying that you were wrong in Kentucky. I was trying to make sure I wanted to see if they were undefeated. I'm pretty certain. No, they weren't undefeated. Okay, they you, were. Undefeated. You, they lost said, one game. You said undefeated. I think. No, they they went 38 and two. 38. Okay, and okay. Two. So my bad. Um, they did not go undefeated. I'm thinking of like two years later, Kentucky was undefeated and they in lost the final to four, and they lost to Wisconsin. Who then lost to Duke? Who then lost to Duke and Grayson right. Allen? Uh, and I don't, well, Grayson Allen wasn't a role player on that team. It was the uh, Grayson Allen had a great game in that in that game. I'm pretty sure. You know, if he, I remember correctly. Great, that that was his, that was his breakout game because he he hadn't done anything. But that was his breakout game. But it was it was a uh, Quincy Wilson, Tyus Jones, Jahil Okafor. That that's what that's who was on that team. Like those those were the main three players. Uh, was that was those uh, no that, that Quincy Wilson, Quincy Wilson, Quinn Cook. Sorry, um, those were the main players. Um, and then Villanova won after Duke, then North Carolina, then Villanova again, then Virginia was our last one, and then we haven't had one since because of COVID. I remember Louisville. Yeah. Louisville won 2013. Yeah, <laughs> that one was interesting because now it's a vacated title. It is, but you also remember what happened in that uh, tournament, in that game. In that championship game? Uh, uh, what was it? When, when did uh, Kevin Ware? Kevin Ware snapped his leg in half. Yep. I don't. Well, I think it may have been that tournament. 
I it may have been that tournament early in the. I think it was. I think it was early in the tournament. That was mortifying. Yes. It was because I mean, we. I think we've all seen that injury up to this point, and it's gruesome. That's still. When, that's when. And uh, he eventually left Louisville and that, transferred and were, continued yeah. his career. They were still in a Big East school at the time too. They they were a Big East school, and then they moved to the ACC a couple of years after that, which they still had great success. But and then UConn won the year after that. That's when um, UConn and men's and women's team uh, won both years, and then, of course, the Duke yeah. year being was, uh, Wisconsin. Um, I remember the years that uh, North Carolina won in 2009, then Duke won the year after that. And let's see, Duke won in 2015, North Carolina won two years after that. UConn won in 2011, they won two, uh, two years after that. So we've had a, a multiple times where we've seen multiple champions happen within the span of a couple of years, uh, and then being UConn, then Villanova, North Carolina, and Duke, and then, of course, the only back-to-back ever going to our Florida Gators. That's so. right. The only back-to-back, well, in recent, not ever. Florida's the last team to go back-to-back. But uh, I know like Cincinnati has gone back-to-back. I think... University, University of San Francisco, believe it or not, went back-to-back back, to back, back no, in the 50s. No, the last team to ever do it was UCLA 72 and 72 and 73. They went back-to-back-to-back. To back to back, so. Yeah, because they were that was back in the no, uh, no, no. John Wooden. No, they no. won like 10 championships in <laughs> a row. They went back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Then North Carolina State won. Then they won again. <laughs> and so yeah, that, so that, like that's North Carolina State was. sneaked in there, and then yeah, UCLA like, kept dominating. Well, no, so, you know, we can actually go up to 1964 because they won back to back. Then Texas Western popped in there, and then they that's won. Right. Texas West, that, which won. has a movie made after yeah. that that team, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they won. Seven. I watched that movie with my dad the other day. It was it's a Glory great, Road, fantastic movie, great movie. It's great on movie. Disney Plus if you have it. it. I love it. It's a great movie. And then they won seven straight. And then North Carolina State popped in. Then they won again. And I believe they didn't win another championship until 1995. So that was the last time they, that UCLA's won a championship. They probably won't win this year. But uh, look at other teams. I mean, Lyola Chicago has actually won once before. But um, I'm trying to figure out who would I have in here. I would like to see Gonzaga be put on this list because they still are not on this list yet. So For they, champions? Yeah. Yeah, they, they should be there. Mark Few has done such an amazing job as the head coach of the Gonzaga team. He's been their head coach for over 20 years now. Built that program into what it is today. And he is going to be one of those coaches who's a lifelong Gonzaga coach. Like, if, if let's just say, uh, Coach K were to retire tomorrow and Duke has a vacancy and Duke decides to go for Mark Few... I, I hope he would say no, because why would I go to Duke when I'm already building a powerhouse here in Gonzaga? Like, I can win a championship here and get amazing recruits here in the West Coast. They don't have to go to Duke. And that's what I was talking about yesterday on uh, on the Sports Drive, was that teams like Gonzaga, or teams even like Oklahoma State, for example, who got Cade Cunningham, one of the top recruits in the nation. He didn't go to Kentucky, did not go to Duke, he didn't go to UNC, went to Oklahoma State, just like the players who are currently at Gonzaga. They went to the small Christian school over in Spokane, Washington. Why? Because they developed a relationship with the coach, because they believed they had the best opportunity to get the best out of themselves and therefore the team by going to this school. They didn't go to the brand name that is Duke or Kansas or Kentucky. And guess what? Some of those teams are not even in the tournament this year. Those t- those players that went to other schools, they're succeeding at the moment. That's why I love the. That's why I love this tournament. That's why I think football should start 
uh, you know, getting favor. into the field, they should start expanding the playoff. They don't give the little guy a chance, man. They do not. They don't. They don't. Baseball does. Basketball does. Baseball can literally have anyone be your champion. Coastal Carolina proved that a couple years back. I mean, and look at, I mean, basketball, we see it like almost every other year. Villanova did it twice, like they, twice in the past four champions that we've seen. They've done it. Uh, Gonzaga, they have a great chance of doing it this year. We've seen it happen all the time. The little guys have a chance. And that's why college football is lo- losing viewership, by the way, is because every year it feels like you're watching the same exact thing. Guess what? Alabama went to the championship against Ohio State. That's not the first time we've seen that happen. It, you know, the teams that normally do compete for a championship are Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and every now and then in that four seed, you'll get a different team. You'll get like a it's, rotation of it's a team. Usually Oklahoma or Georgia. Like Oklahoma or LSU one year, Georgia, Notre Dame went in last year. You know what? I thought Notre Dame did deserve to be there. I just was really hoping that Notre Dame would get over that hump and finally beat a really good team, but they haven't, which is why the history of Notre Dame is what's carrying this program forward. Other than that, like they're they're kind of hurting themselves because every time they face a really good team, they ultimately end up losing. It's it's annoying because we want to see we want to see another situation like Boise State. Well, they would upset Oklahoma Sorry. in the Fiesta Bowl. Chad, if well, you're UC- listening, just ignore this. UCF and their and their fake national championship beating L- beating uh, Auburn. And then, hey, at least Chad embraces the fake he, national he championship. He does, but you know we, he doesn't. I'm over it. All right, we heard it. We hear it. All, he'll, he'll take his chance anytime he can. We'll say that Look. because some obscure poll that no one looks at claimed them the national champion. They even had a parade. They, if, this if happened this, a long time if ago. This was we can move the on. '60s. Yes, UCF is national champions. Correct. But this is, you know, even in the '60s, they wouldn't be the champions because the AP poll still considered, yeah, the champion. Yeah, that's true. Which I, I I'm happy we do the, the the I'm happy we do it the way we do now because yes, we do at least give four teams an opportunity to battle it out. But the day we finally extend it to eight Eighth is the day where we can start allowing teams like well Cincinnati was one of those teams where, you know, they they were like sort of on the cusp. If they were ranked in the eighth spot, they could be in the championship. You know, a two-loss team can be in there and have an opportunity at winning a championship. How many teams uh, are champions because they won at the right time? That is so common where as long as you are winning at the right time, you can be a champion. In high school football, in Division II football, as a matter of fact, UWF is the best example. They had... Two losses in the regular season, but they won at the right time. They won a national championship. They were able to carry it all the way to the championship Marshall's, and continue that success. Marshall's done it multiple times at the D2 level. I, me and my, my family and I, we have flags hanging in our living room of that shows D2 national champions because they won at the right time, which Marshall didn't lose a lot. They, they, were, they were the D2 powerhouse of football you know that's what we were on top with bob pruitt and jim donovan as the coach with troy brown and you know doug chapman and randy and chad and then byron left which he was a d1 player though um you know that that's when they were on top but it, it just takes one because it's d2 is what how many teams 24 i believe uh d2 in the tournament yeah for for d2 football i believe it is 16 teams. Either 24 or 16. I don't... I don't... Uh, I, I feel I'll like, have to look it up. I feel like it's 24 because UWF, they played what? They, 24 just seems like an odd number. Like, that's why I think it's 16. But, you know, you 32. could be right. But it could I mean, be look, right. Look how many games I've played. If, if it was 16, 
UWF would have only played 32. Actually, sounds right. Yeah, thir- 32 sounds about right because they would because they they would have played five games, right? Because they yeah. would, 32 they would play the 16 round. They would play the eight, four, and the two. And I'm pretty sure they played five games. They played five championship games, right? I mean, five playoff games. So 28. I, uh, 28. Oh, very good. Thank you so much, Ren. That's why we have the. That's why we have our intern here. Um, help so, back us up when we're being dumb. Correct. Um, and let's see. I, I'm not saying. It, it, I, I love the fact how it's like the NCA. They'll back like it, it, it. We could use this example for for college football as well. How they'll backtrack on their words for the women's COVID COVID policy and also like the weight room. They'll have a backtrack on that. They'll do the exact same thing thing for D1 football like oh we just don't have enough time or facilities or places to do yeah, a, right. a tournament that big it's like literally go look at your D2 football you do it you do it year in year out you've been doing it for decades and you're just like you know what we can't why you do it in this level why can't you do it here it's literally the exact same thing all right I want I do want to say uh Take a look at UNC Greensboro because they are making this interesting now against Florida State. Uh, Currently, uh, as Florida State does add an and one, so they're about to go to the line. They just made a two. It's 27-18 right now uh, between Florida State uh, and and Greensboro. But uh, Kansas is a sweet alley-oop dunk, though. Kansas is on a 12-3 run right now in the last two and a half minutes. Uh, I don't see Eastern Washington holding on to this thing. But you know what I did call for? I called for the Colgate, Arkansas. I called I call for Colgate to beat Arkansas. And they which were, looked interesting which at first. They were strong. They were up 14. I was like, yeah, man, they're going to they're gonna run away with it. And then it comes to half, and Arkansas only down one. I'm like, oh, no, they're not. And then, like, the end of the game, like, they beat them by 15. I was like, well, there, that was my prediction. Yep, there went that. Yep, not even not even close as they did pull away in the second half, which is often the case. You know, you you get to the second half, it's a completely different ball game. That's not going to be the case for Georgetown against Colorado because Colorado is taking it to them 57 to 30 right now. You want to hear something that we haven't mentioned all day, but I just got to come across my phone. Cubs, Jesus Camargo arrested after police allegedly found 21 pounds of meth and oxycodone in his equipment bag. Oh my oh lord, my. doing some serious trafficking, dude! Like he, wow, that's some pounds. serious time. That's some serious time, which makes me wonder. They found it in his workout bag. I wonder if there's anything going on within the like, Cubs organization. So like, you're literally so like the cartel is literally moving into baseball players coming like, in. Is this from, an episode of Narcos or, know, or like, Ozark? For, That'd be a good. That's a good. Darker should jump on that. They should jump on that. That'd be a great one. That'd be really good to watch. I would. I would. I would, I would love that. I, I wonder because like, if you've seen Ozark, Ozark does take place uh, partially in Chicago, and uh, it's it's a drug trafficking yeah, thing. thing is, all like, all related like, to Chicago. It's like the cartel, like slowly like moving in, like into the baseball league to try and like oh like no one's ever going to suspect my eighteen year old you know MLB prospect to be carrying all this stuff because he's just a young kid who's a stud. To be carrying all these, you know, how they find That's just it? a lot. Wow, in his workout bag too. Imagine that bust. That's oh wow, that's incredible. Well, I'm sure that's going to be a developing story because then it also makes you wonder who else in the organization could possibly be involved in that. So I think that there's going to be a good amount of interviews being taking place. But for sure, this guy's baseball career officially is 
over. I feel pretty safe saying that. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about March Madness. Also, we have some football news to go over. That next on Sports Call, Davis and Justin on ESPN, Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. So the Miami Dolphins are having a little bit of regrets right now as they just waived the 2020 first-round offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson on Saturday. Uh, They had just acquired him in a trade, like just, just acquired him in a trade uh, with the Tennessee Titans days after uh, they had uh, traded for him. Uh, He was hours late for his physical uh, as well as the team onboarding process, which, you know, if you're going through payroll and all that to become an employee, he's becoming an employee now, the Miami Dolphins, he has to go through the typical onboarding process. Uh, he was late for all that stuff, completely skipped uh, multiple workouts, which, by the way, were optional. But then again, it's it often bodes well for you to show up to these optional workouts. So he's skipping these workouts, and uh, he declined support service uh, help that he was offered uh all of this happening in his first week with the team basically was dropping the ball every opportunity he had an opportunity, uh, and then he gets cut. And he also, keep this in mind, he was seen on video, shirtless, jumping on a car, and just being stupid. So they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. Jumping on And a they car. cut him. I, th- I don't know whose car it was. Um, I think it may have been either. I hope it wasn't his. But then again, it's like I hope he wasn't jumping on other person's another person's car the either. He was like three hundred pounds. But there was a video posted on social media, which, by the way, Wilson himself, that dummy, po- posted on his own page uh, of him dancing shirtless on top of a car and smoking a vape pen. Uh, it was also on the same day he agreed to do a workout, and by then the do- the Dolphins just said, "You know what? We're moving on from you." Speaking of, and uh, they uh, the Dolphins reached out and said, "Look, we're gonna w- let's try and help you out. Let's like let's try and get on the same page." And he said, "No, nah, I'm not about it." Well, yeah. Then they're saying, "Okay, then fine, you're cut." This is an example of a guy who's really good, really talented, and he is doing everything in his power to pee it all away. I don't want to say like that other word. He's doing everything in his power to throw it all away. Speaking of uh, vape pens and. Um did you see Hannity um, for Fox News? Like they, they, I'll be honest, no. You didn't see it? No, well, I don't really watch much well, Fox News. Was, and I work for a Fox News station. I was about to say. But the thing is, it was like, they go, they they cut back live, and Hannity doesn't know that they're cutting back live. And he's, he's, just like, he's over there with a jewel in his mouth. And a he's jewel? Like, and yeah. he hits it, and it just breathes on it. And then he just like looks up, sees on air, those are the things he goes, oh, oh, uh, and, uh, like, they just starts reading off the teleprompter. And I was just like, that's funny. That's honestly hilarious. That's funny. Dude, I, Sean Hannity doesn't exactly strike me as a, 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 a vape ju- person. A jewel, a jewel person. A jewel. Hey, jewels are cool, kids. No, they're not. Hey, actually, Stay in school. Actually, don't jewel. All right. Everybody. I remember one time, I'm totally calling out my fraternity right now. Uh, So I graduated in 2018. I went alumni, I think, in 2017 because that's just, I did my four years and I'm just trying to graduate. So I did my four years, went alumni. Uh, Like a year later, uh, my fraternity has their annual uh, camp out and I decided to go. So I went to the camp out. 
literally the entire chapter, with exception of myself and a few other people, are all into jeweling now. I'm like, guys, what is go- what is this? What? And okay, why? Let's a- let's answer that. Why are you jeweling? What's what what makes what's the point of it? It's really strong tobacco inside a tiny little cartridge, packing as much punch as possible. Why exactly are you smoking this? No one can really give a good reason. Ever. No, no they think they look cool. How? How can you possibly smoke and think it's cool? Ren, they look cool. No, that's no, what they think they, they think, look I, cool. I, I, they I, think how though? Cool. I know. I, just I don't think you look cool at all. It's at it, all. It's funny because uh, you know then the high schoolers are doing it, and then it's like they go they go oh, to the yeah. they go to the bathroom, you know, to hit it and everything like that. It's like um, our senior year was of high school was when the jewel thing first became big. I went to the same high school as Davis, and they put up signs on the bathroom doors: "No jeweling in restrooms." Then, oh, fine. I'll like, just do it in the hallway. Then, then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Then, then enjoys became a thing. And then, What's an enjoy? Were... Enjoy is basically an off-brand version of Joel. So, guys, I feel whenever I'm – just to throw this out there, I am I do this show. Justin, you're 19. Ren, you're, are you also 19? Yep. I feel like I am 20 years older because of you guys, because of all these things that I'm hearing about. I feel like I'm my dad. When my dad's like, what the hell is this? Like, what are these kids doing nowadays? I see myself saying the same thing now. It's, yeah, well, how can you explain yourself? It's like, um, I don't know. Like, there's nothing cool about it. I, I've never done it. It's um, nothing that, because one, it, kids spend about like, I think like 40 to 50 I mean, bucks is lung cancer cool? Kids spend about yeah, 40. Yeah, kids. Like, they spend about 40 to 50 dollars a week on this. I'm like, that one is either a full tank of gas or like at least four meals at yeah. a fast food restaurant. So I and that's how I view my my money. <laughs> I know people. I know people who don't jewel, but they vape, and it's because for the longest time they smoked normal cigarettes. Yeah. And so this is their way of getting away from the cigarettes and switching to something which that I, I is not, by the way, a healthier. Yeah, I still, alternative. I don't, still don't know which is better. I don't. It just I can't doesn't tell. smell. It does. It, it normally has like a depending on the scent that you get. It could have a delightful smell, like a like a blueberry smell. If you will, you know, and that's the, and, I, and I know a guy, for example, he just had twins or he actually didn't just have them. He had the, the twins are like eight years old now. But around that time is when the vape product started coming out. And so after he had the kids, his wife had the kids. It's like, I really don't want my kids to be surrounded by cigarette smell. So at least uh, one day I plan on quitting. He wasn't ready to quit yet, but at the very least. I'm going to transition to vaping. So, it's not really safer. It does keep the the cigarette smoke away from the kids. It keeps the house from reeking of cigarettes. So I'll give it that. But other than that, it's not exactly a healthier alternative. So then what about cigars? All right. So let me uh, let me say something about cigars. We've just gone to a full-on tobacco that happens. talk That's right Hey, now. guys, if you're new to this show, that sometimes happens during the second hour. We'll get away from the sports talk and start talking about just the most random things. Tangent so central. So let me tell you about cigars. Um, My dad, who does them pretty much every other day, he's smoking a cigar. So, and hey, him and Michael Jordan then. So yeah. c- cigars are, to me, like a celebratory thing. Yeah. So... In my, I think in my life, I've had maybe 15 cigars in my life. And I think I've had two. I got to ask, two. I think did I've y'all grow two. up like storing your toys as kids in cigar boxes? No. No? 
Oh my god, everyone I know, that's a thing. Is <laughs> that not a normal each other. thing? No, me and you both looked at each other like, what is that? Do you know what I'm talking about though? Like the boxes that are like yeah, sealed yeah. with paper and everything? Yeah, yeah. those are yeah. Uh, those yeah. are humidors. My, yeah. my paper I, dolls as a kid, that's what I kept them in. They're paper dolls? Oh. Okay, yeah. well then that keeps them from, uh, it like keeps the moisture out. Yeah. So I can see that. Because it's, again, a cigar is, you know, it's like, it's leaves. It keeps the moisture out so they stay dry. Um... Uh, I think that, or they at least control the they control the humidity within the box, and they have a little gauge in there, and whatnot. So I, I guess that makes sense I, if it's a paper doll. We, we, me and you, were both really thrown off by that. I mean. <laughs> anyway, okay, let me tell you. Okay, so for me, cigars are like a once in a while thing. Like, and by once in a while, I don't think I haven't smoked a cigar in over a year, and here's why. Whenever you're done smoking a cigar, and you never inhale them, by the way, you just you puff it and then blow the smoke. You don't ever get it into your lungs. Every time I've had a cigar, it my my mouth tastes like cigar for the next two days. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not pleasant whatsoever. It's like the process of you smoking the cigar is not bad, but they are strong. They're really rich in flavor, and I think it just bad. makes I, I you <laughs> smell bad. So, so like, and I and I have and you know I have my fiance now, and I don't. The last thing I want for her is to constantly have me smell like old sm- cigar smoke. You know. <laughs> Like that's just it's not pleasurable hear, for me. When I hear cigars, folks, so my 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 childhood dog, Maestro, who was a boxer, he he's you know he's, he's a, boxers are like the jesters in my opinion of the dog world. They're just so funny. I know one time my dad's out out back and he's just he's just smoking his cigar, and Maestro, being the curious dog he is, just goes out there and sniffs some of the smoke. Like, because he's just holding it in his hand on his on his phone, and literally, like the the face he makes is just a pure yeah. disgust. And that was literally just me, period. When it comes to just smoking or anything, I was just like, that's just me in general. I mean, it, 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 it's a funny, it's it's a funny, it's a funny picture. Of, I hate walking down Palafox downtown because you pass by mm-hmm. like all the cigar shops. And I'm walking by, yeah. and I'm like, no. Which, that, yeah, one of the last times I think I had a cigar, I was I met up with some people from my fraternity and this was after I was already alumni and I, I, they, they, I knew a couple of them were downtown and they said, Hey, come over to the cigar shop. That's where we are. One of my other fraternity brothers who was also an alumni came back in town and I wanted to hang out with him. So like we all met up at the cigar shop and I think at least to this day, that was one of the last times I smoked a cigar was in that cigar shop. I had about half the cigar, put it out, called it a night, went home and spent the last two days trying to get the taste of cigar out of my mouth. Poor so Amanda. that's why, uh, actually, I don't even think her and I were dating yet. Yeah. No, no, yeah, we weren't dating yet at that time. I do, that was one of the last times, and I think the last time I had a cigar was over a year ago on the back patio of my parents' house. My dad, my brother, and I were having a cigar together. So that, and that, to me, that was fine because it was like the, family the father and two sons were chilling in the back just Toasting to a cigar, I, I it, it's fine. And I think the next time I have a cigar, it's probably going to have something to do with my wedding. I, I you know, I too can't wait for the day that I have a cigar with my brothers and my father because you know it's a moment. I'll, I'll feel like I feel like at peace. You know, it's like whenever like the four of us come in unison again because it's a very rare occasion. I think the last time all four of us were in the same place at one time was my brother's wedding reception when I was fourteen. So I mean, like it's been wow. Forever. So that's been five years. Some time. Yeah. It's well, then been next a long time, time that all of y'all hang out, this calls for a toast and a cigar. I guess you could say that. I so, mean, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, go pick yourself out a nice cigar and 
Have yourself a time. Also, you got to be careful with the cigars that you get. Uh, I know just enough about cigars to where I know that my favorite roll is a Connecticut roll or a wrap, I should say, because it's lighter. Then they have the heavier ones, but the Connecticut one is lighter. Yeah. So if you don't want anything heavy, go for the Connecticut. Yeah. What about you, Ren? Yeah. I thought Davis was saying he was smoking Koneka sausage in all honesty. Koneka sausage. Oh, hey, like- you know what? Smoking some Koneka sausage right now actually sounds like a pretty good idea. <laughs> That's some good stuff I right now. I think we need to take a right. break. We, no, we got to take a break. That. We got this. This got thrown off the rails so bad. Now I'm over here talking about smoking some sausage later. You're listening to Sports Call, Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. All right. So it's time for our game day pickums, and we have a ton of games to go over. I'm going to go ahead and just pull up the schedule right now. We're just going to go down the line. We'll start with the games that are on right now. So you have Kansas and East Washington on right now. Three against 14, 28-27 right now. Kansas on top. Justin, who do you have? Kansas. Yeah, I have Kansas pulling away late in the second half. Uh, maybe not even late. I just think in the second half they're going to take off and dominate. Ren, what about you? Kansas. Kansas. Oh, I love the I loved the confidence in your pick there. I, All right. I, I, I had to think about it. I don't know. All right, so it looks like Colorado, that's that's all said and done with uh with Georgetown. They're up seventy eight fifty two at the moment with seven forty six to go. Going up two that's, there with that big three. Beautiful see, shot. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. This is March. Okay, speaking of this is March, Florida State and Greensboro. They are on they're at, at halftime right now. Florida State is only up by three, twenty nine twenty six. If you look at my bracket, you see that I have Florida State in the Final Four. I have Florida State winning this ballgame. I have Florida State winning this ballgame as well. Same. All right. St. Bonnie's and LSU. That game just tipped off not too long ago. St. Bonnie's up 4-2 to two over LSU. Give me LSU. Give me St. Bonnie's. The Bonnie's. I'm going to say LSU. All right. Number one, Michigan, Texas Southern. <laughs> Give me Michigan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we already yeah, know. Yeah. All right, so this one, I actually, in one of my brackets, have this being an upset, but you see Santa Barbara over Creighton. Santa Barbara, the 12 seed, number five. Give me Creighton. Give me Santa Barbara. Same. Santa Barbara. All right, Alabama, Iona. In one of my brackets, which is more of a throwaway bracket, I do have Iona winning. Rick Patino, he's back in the tournament. He has led multiple teams to a national championship before. It's up against Alabama, who actually has one of the best teams in the nation, I would argue. Uh, the best team in the SEC by what, far. Alabama's what, a two seed? They are a two seed. Yeah. I do have Alabama winning Give me Bama. this game. I think Bama's going to win, but I don't want him to. <laughs> Drake, USC. Drake's the 11 seed. They already played. They played. They beat Wichita State. Wichita State, going for the buzzer beater, fell just short. Give me Drake. Give me Drake. I like Drake. Although they they were saying some good things about USC, I still like Drake. I give me Drake. Okay. All right, all right. Here we go. Uh, Iowa against Grand Canyon University. Your uh, my my fiance's my fiance's alma mater. Uh, that she went to Grand Canyon, but uh, and I think she would say Grand Canyon. Give me Iowa. Yeah, I mean their student section when no COVID's going on. That place pops off during basketball season. That's probably like a bucket list of mine. If I ever get the chance, I will probably go attend a basketball game at Grand Canyon. Uh, but give me 
It, yeah, give me Iowa. Apparently, the basketball games at Grand Canyon are electric. They, I, have I, you never seen the videos? I have seen the videos. Yeah, yes. they're, they're crazy. And Amanda got to experience all that, so really cool. All right, we got to go. We got to roll through these really, really, really fast. UConn, Maryland. Give me UConn. O- Ohio against Virginia. Give me Virginia. But keep in mind, Ohio is actually a really good team. Give me than the record says UConn. Then give me Ohio with an upset. Missouri over Oklahoma is me. Missouri. Gonzaga, of course, over Norfolk. BYU over UCLA, Texas over Abilene Christian, and VCU over Oregon. Give me Oregon, Texas, and BYU. All right, we'll see. Coming up next, we have college game day material. We'll see you next weekend. This is ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 991 FM. Pensacola's home for hometown sports. Your home to talk football with Coach K. Sports Drive with Chad Brilliante and Sports Call with Davis Allen. If you'd like to partner with ESPN Pensacola or become a sponsor, just give us a call at 262-6000. You're listening to ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 991 FM. All sports.